Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. Sorry about the, uh, no music this time. <laughs> we got a couple issues the last couple weeks, but it's no big deal. Accidents happen, but we are professionals nonetheless. You know, some evenings when I was in the Navy, when we were out to sea, I would go out to the forecastle, spelled forecastle, but it's, it, it's the front of the ship. Anyway, I'd go out to the forecastle and, and I'd watch the ship cut through the deep blue ocean, and I would also watch the sunset. And I couldn't help but feel God, feel the presence of God in those moments. After all, I was sitting atop something like 60 or 70,000 metric tons of metal floating on water. It seems so unnatural that I felt God might change his mind about the laws of buoyancy and we'd sink like a stone to the bottom of the Atlantic. But God spared us. Or maybe it was science. Either way, I am somewhat disappointed because I kind of wanted to see what kind of cool survival toys were in those inflatable life rafts. It's kind of like an unboxing video. I just want to see what's in there. Like I said, welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm your host, The Madman. Shock Monkey Radio. I have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Over here at the bottom of the screen, you can see it. I'm pointing at it right now. <laughs> Become a patron. I would appreciate it very much. Uh, I also have Cash App. Use the hashtag ShockMonkeyRadio. All one word. Send me some cash. I would appreciate it. You can also email me at madmanfxbgpr.com. And maybe I'll answer your email uh, on the show. I won't email you directly. I don't want to. I don't want to chit chat with you. No offense. No offense. patreoncom radio Cash app. Use the hashtag shockmonkeyradio. What is the deal with the ghosts in the first two Ghost, Ghostbusters movies? I haven't seen the newer ones. They had the the chick one, and they had the the kid one, right? But in the original Ghostbusters, the librarian ghost seemed pretty realistic until Ray shouted, get her. Then the librarian ghost morphed into a weird cartoon monster like Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. But after that, all the ghosts were weird cartoon monsters. What did Slimer look like when he was alive? Obviously, he was a glutton and probably a fat guy. But did he have legs when he was alive? Did he have skinny little arms in life? Then, what do we get at the end of the film? We get a couple of demonic diamond dogs that run in a very strange manner. Uh, we also get a female glam rock band lead singer and a giant marshmallow man. I don't know about you, but that sort of thing makes me terrified of the afterlife. If, if purgatory is filled with all these silly looking cartoon monsters. In the second movie, you got the Scolari brothers who pop up out in the courtroom and they look like Muppets during an acid trip. Then you got the mood slime, which is the ever-present threat of the movie, coming out of bathtubs to attack single moms. It's kind of gross and it runs throughout the entire city. But you play some happy music and the slime's on your side. Cartoonish. Then you get the psychic painting of Vigo the Carpathian, which is actually a pretty metal villain. 
but the only minion he can find is that Yanish guy from the distant country called the Upper West Side. Not so good. And all Yanish wants is Dana, Sigourney Weaver. And Vigo is like, Good, she'll be wife to you and mother to me, but I'm not calling you dad. I don't know. Ghostbusters makes the afterlife look like a silly place. I better go rededicate my life to Jesus. Mmm. I dribbled. I dribbled. It's my drinking problem. All right, it might be a short one today. War in Ukraine? Over 125,000 Russian troops have massed at the border of Ukraine. And I don't think they have a defend the motherland state of mind about it. Ukraine is not threatening Russia in any way other than being more receptive to Occidental influences. So the U.S., we sent 8,500 American military members to help out. Now, I don't know if you're good at math or not. But something seems off. To be honest, I don't think Ukraine should even want our help, especially after Afghanistan. Why would Ukraine want to depend on us when uh, Biden might decide to tell every American in country to drop everything and run yet again? We still have Americans trapped in Afghanistan. Not only have we been abandoning our allies, but our own people as well. Don't get me wrong. I know how formidable our military is. But the problem has always been the civilian leadership at Commander-in-Chief. You never know when they'll cut budgets or give up on the mission, which results in the deaths of American service members and many other human beings as well. <clears throat> I am not a strict, strict isolationist. But at this point in time, I don't think we need to be getting involved in another war halfway around the world. Obviously, I understand that Russia taking Ukraine could lead to more incursions of Russia and even China possibly taking Taiwan. We let them have Hong Kong already. Why would they think America would do anything about it with nap time Joe Biden in, in the Oval Office? But we have our own problems here in the United States. Our own borders are wide open and illegals are pouring through by the busload. Crime is out of control due to the liberal policies we have. We have men in our country afraid to be men because our culture has somehow labeled concepts like good guys fight the bad guys as toxic masculinity. We have a generation of children taught to hate the United States by a bunch of socialist women with white guilt. The United States is not the country we were post-World War II. My grandfather's generation were God-fearing men of steel who bled red, white, and blue. This generation can't even figure out if they are men or women and have never set foot in a church. Do you really want to send those skinny jean-wearing soy boys off to fight those vodka-swilling Russians who never doubted or condemned their masculine natures? The kids these days can't even handle a controversial opinion on a Joe Rogan podcast. And you think they can fight Russians? Watch some dash cam videos from Russia. Those people are hardcore. No offense to, to Ukraine, but we really need to clean up our own act before we try helping everyone else. 
After all, we have too many wimpy people in our country with silly globalist ideas that are not shared by people like the Russians and the Chinese. If you think everyone in the world can get along and hold hands and sing Kumbaya, you're living in a delusion. You're living in a cushy first world delusion where you face so little adversity that you think someone not wearing a mask or not getting a vaccine is the most evil thing you've ever seen. Of course, we should help other free people of the world, but we, are, we have our own problems. And I don't see why our, allies, why our allies would ever want our help again. Now look here, Elliot Page, and every chick like you. Being a man is not some sort of costume that you can put on. You didn't spend all those years as a boy interested in bugs and bikes and digging for worms to go fishing. You didn't spend the time wondering why your wiener sometimes got hard and why it felt so good to rub it against the mattress. Even though nothing resulted from that for a few years, you didn't have those awkward middle school years where the smell of a girl's hair gave you a hard-on for 24 hours that you had to hide with your trapper keeper all day long. You didn't have those years of trying to figure out what to say to girls because you are a girl, and knowing what girls wants to talk about, want to talk about comes naturally to you as a girl. You didn't have to deal with the relentless erections that you constantly had to conceal, which I only mentioned twice because they were so relentless. You didn't have to deal with the wet dreams or being kicked in the balls or had to wear a jock strap. You didn't have to go through that year where your voice is breaking on every other word you said, which always made someone laugh. You didn't have to deal with the patchy facial hair and peach fuzz on your face. You didn't have to deal with the pressure to make that paper or, really be, or be really funny to even get women to look at you. You didn't have to deal with male bullies while also being a man. You've never gotten beaten up in the boys' room just because some dude was having a hard time dealing with his own sexual arousal and can't hit the girl who gave him his 24-hour boner. You didn't have to learn what it takes to channel these aggressive feelings, put a saddle on it, and make it work for you. It's a lifelong process to become a man. It's not a couple of surgeries and hormone treatments. I've been at it for over 40 years, and I still haven't gotten it right. You think you could just buy in on manhood? Sorry. And just to add insult to injury, you picked the wrong sex to be. Not that you are that sex, mind you. You can't be a man any more than I can be a woman. I didn't have to grow up wondering why boys are so dirty and gross. I didn't grow up being baffled why boys my age weren't interested. I didn't grow a foot taller than all the boys in my class, and the next thing you know, the teachers were started hitting on me. I didn't fret over my breasts, when they'd come, are they too big, are they too small, do my nipples look weird, and all that stuff. I didn't have to deal with the cramps, and thankfully, I never had to meet Aunt Flo and all its own personal embarrassments. Most of all, the most important thing is I was not born with a vagina and a uterus, nor all its associated nightmares and miracles. What is wrong with you? You were born with the actual biological equipment for all the making of love and all the making of life that humanity is capable of. Men 
Men build obelisks and pyramids and skyscrapers all because they cannot create life on their own. You were born with the biological equipment that is so advanced that even humanity cannot replicate it no matter how many surgeries you have. You are the custodians and gatekeepers of love and life. That's what you real women are. Two of the most sacred things humanity holds dear, and you want to throw it away to be a man? And just like drag queens, you are a bad parody of the opposite sex. Transgenderism is like a shark in blackface. Why do you care if you look black? You're a fucking shark. Yep, it's definitely going to be sure one today. I got one, uh, a couple more things I want to talk about. A couple of Navy stories. Uh, I don't know if I told them on the show before <coughs> or not. I'll talk about this uh, one trip to Spain. You know, all these people say, it's like, oh, America is such a racist country. It's like, yeah, go somewhere else. Go see other countries and racism in other countries. Uh, and when I went to Spain, there was only like two Spanish speakers uh, in our crew, you know, the crew that went to Spain. Because uh, uh, it, it was a small detachment that went out to meet our ship. Anyway, it's long story. A small group of uh, like engineers like myself who went out there to like r run new network cables and all that. And so we had this one guy with us. His name was Torres. He was a Puerto Rican, tall Puerto Rican guy, real nice guy. And so you didn't want to get too far away from any Spanish speaker while you're in Spain. Uh, and so uh, we were at this bar one night, and uh, this guy came up, and t up to us and struck up a conversation in Spanish. And, of course, Torres, you know, this tall Puerto Rican guy, uh, engaged with him because, you know, he was the only one who understood what the guy was saying. And they had this conversation for a while, and we sat down at a table, and we had, uh, had a few drinks. And, the, you know, in Spain, the beer, beer cups are like, uh, like eight ounces. You order a beer, and it's like eight ounces. It's like... America, everything's like 24 ounces and stuff. <laughs> and, but like in you know, Spain, it was like eight ounce glass of beer. And so you're just sitting there sipping your, your tiny little baby beer. And uh, so they're, they're having this conversation. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't speak Spanish too well even then. And so <laughs> uh, I heard a couple familiar words they were talking about. They were talk it sounded like there's, there's some in the tone of the conversation that he was having with Torres, this uh, native Spanish guy. Uh, that like there's something a little tense going on, and I picked that up just from the tone of it. And I heard words like Estados Unidos, which means United States, and I heard uh, Puerto Rico, which means Puerto Rico. <laughs> and so um, the guy kind of got up and left and just walked away. And I, and so I turned to Torres and I spoke to him in English. I said, "So what was the deal with that guy?" And uh, Torres said to me, "He's like, I, I, you know, I really don't know what was up with him." Uh, he came up, started talking to me, and I, I think he may have thought I was a native Spanish guy because he kept asking, like, why are you hanging out with these Americans? And uh, I said, and then what'd you say? It's like, well, I'm hanging out with these Americans because I'm an American. I'm from Puerto Rico. You know, we're all in the Navy together. We're here on a, on a deployment. And, it, and the guy seemed to be offended that he thought Torres was a native uh, Spanish guy, native from Spain. And the reason was, uh, uh, Torres and I talked about this at length. It was like, uh, is it, do you think it's because you're, you kind of look white? Because I don't know if you've met a lot of Puerto Ricans, but, uh, some Puerto Ricans have a real light skin complexion and kind of look like white people. But then, you know, uh, and, and, uh, native Spaniards also look like white people. And so uh, Torres and I were talking. I was like, do you think it's because you, he couldn't tell that you were Hispanic and not Spanish 
that that's why he got upset is like a little bit of racism and he's like yeah that's probably it because there is a big difference between latin americans and spanish people all right the difference is, is that the latin americans didn't get conquered by muslims <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in Spain, you know, they're all like white people and they, you know, mostly white people, you know, they have dark hair and dark eyes, but you know, at, at the same time, you know, they look generally like Europeans, you know, a lot of white, a lot, a lot, a lot of white people in Spain, you know? And so like, you don't have the Aztec look in, in Torres, the Puerto Rican guy, you don't have that uh, Mayan look in Torres. And so that guy made the assumption that he was a native Spanish man. And because that guy made a mistake and didn't realize that, hey, you know, some, there's some light, pe light skinned Spanish speakers in the, in the Western hemisphere, you know? And so uh, that guy kind of got pissed and walked away. I thought that was kind of weird. And then later another guy like uh, made a motion like he was gonna, I'm gonna cut your throat <laughs> to Torres who just laughed it off. Cause what can you do with it? that kind of craziness anyway? So I just, I wanted to tell that story. It's like, if you think America's racist, go somewhere else. Check it out for a little while. Uh, now there's one more, one more story I want to talk about. And I, I'm not sure if racism is involved in this uh, little story I have uh, about when I went to Halifax, but I, I think it might be part of it. So I'm the only, I don't think that it could go either way. I don't know if racism has anything to do or race has anything to do with it, but I will mention uh, the race of some of these players in this little scenario that happened in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, so we went up to Halifax, Nova Scotia, and we, like, the first night, we was like, hey, there's this bar not too far away from where we moored at the piers. And so uh, a bunch of us, like, you know, went from the ship, and we all go to the, we all go to the, the bar. And we came and got in the bar. It was, I guess it was like eight, eight at night or so we got there. And, uh, you know, the music was bumping. They had a dance floor, an empty dance floor, and a bunch of, like, ladies and, mostly women hanging around the dance floor and a couple of guys, Canadian guys and ladies all standing around the dance floor, you know, dan uh, bumping club tunes and no one's dancing. All right. And so uh, I got into the bar, we ordered drinks and it was like, and we were all sitting there commenting. It was like that move, that music's bumping. Like the club is like jumping, but nobody's on the dance floor. And so we're, you were having our drinks and stuff like that. And a couple of uh, black guys came in and I'm, I'm only mentioning this, that there's, their race because it's it's kind of interesting what happened to them because <laughs> uh I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you how what happened all right so they came in and they they came up to us and we're having drinks and stuff like that and they, they're like hey have you seen williams or johnson or whatever like that and it's, it's like yeah yeah i think over there at that table over there near the dance floor they went and sat over there and so these two black guys they spot their friends on the other side of the bar on the across the dance floor at this table and they wave like hey we're over here <clears throat> And so these two black guys start to cross the dance floor. And just because that they were moving, there was like, we're at a bar, we're, we're here to have fun and stuff like that. Uh, one of the guys just started you know, moving to the music a little bit. Like, oh, oh, and as he's walking towards his friends. And as he started to do that, I swear to God, 12 white girls <laughs> from Canada rushed the dance floor to get around this guy. That poor black man was so scared because he's like what, ha what happened that he sees all these girls dance and he's like oh we're dancing <laughs> so he danced he danced with a lot of girls that night you know and so uh and all of us 
every single sailor in there turns to each other and is like, have you ever seen anything like that before in your life? And it's like, no. It's like, these two guys, these two, uh, guys were just going to cross the dance floor to go talk to their friends, and then they got swarmed just because a guy made a few dance moves as he's uh, walking across the dance floor. Swarmed with Canadian women. And you get another stink guy from all these, <laughs> from all these Canadian boys. It's like, damn it. If only we had the guts to get on the dance floor. <laughs> And uh, I remember talking to those guys afterwards because, you know, uh, a long night drinking at the bar and the club and dancing and so forth. I went up to them. and was like, hey, how'd that feel? It was like, I thought I was – and uh, uh, Williams, I think his name was. And Williams says, was like, yeah, I thought I thought they were, gonna, like, rushing me. I thought they were going to jump me or something. <laughs> uh, can you imagine getting beaten up by a bunch of Canadian chicks in Halifax? Anyway, so uh, I, always, I always like that story. I like to tell that story because uh, – the way the way that guy reacted when all the, like all those women came running up, it's like oh my god, like children of the corn or something. <laughs> anyway, just wanted to tell. I was thinking about these these uh, these navy experiences, and I, I wasn't sure if I told them on the show before or not. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and get into the news worth knowing. Maybe yep, EK's coming to do the stinger. Boom. So Russia threatens appropriate measures, quote-unquote appropriate measures, if West responses to demands aren't constructive. Russia's top diplomat on Wednesday promised to take appropriate measures if the West's response to Moscow's security demands is not found to be constructive. The U.S. agreed with Russia that it would, uh, would answer questions regarding NATO's military presence in the region. The Kremlin has accused the West of a military of military expansion that raises security concerns for Moscow. Reuters reported. <laughs> That's an interesting take on it, Kremlin. All right. The report said Ukraine had no objections uh, to the U.S. responses. "Quote: If we if we do not receive a constructive answer from the West on our security demands, Moscow will take appropriate measures," Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said in a statement. Reuters reported. Russia is seeking is seeking sweeping security measures and guarantee and a guarantee and the guarantee that Ukraine will not be allowed to join the transatlantic NATO alliance. The statement comes after Ukraine approved a list of, of, of actions the U.S. has promised to take to avert a military crisis. Ukraine, uh, Ukraine Foreign Minister Dmitryo Kuleba said his country was completely behind the U.S. and President Biden. Uh, regarding the negotiating effort, Reuters reported. Russian President Vladimir Putin has a, quote, menu of options for taking hostile action towards Ukraine, Fox News contributor, contributor Daniel Hoffman said to Fox News Digital on Tuesday. Quote, he could blockade the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov, uh, Hoffman said, uh, uh, highlighting the 100,000 Russian troops Putin has stationed at the border of Ukraine. <laughs> he could launch a full-throttle assault on Kiev, which... Uh, which we would obviously see. He could also use his Spetsnaz guys, special forces, uh, that they're inside the Ukraine already to topple Zelensky, the Zelensky government. That's also an option. Quote, I have a high level of confidence that Putin will do something, Hoffman added. As far as what that is, I'm not even sure Putin has decided yet. The White House has previously urged Americans to leave Ukraine. Okay, uh, first of all, I think it's interesting that Russia uh, is concerned about 
the NATO's buildup of forces. <laughs> hey, what you guys doing? This is just a routine training exercise here on the border of Ukraine. <laughs> Stacking troops here. What are you guys doing? What are you up to over there? <laughs> you, guys, you guys trying to start some trouble with us? Uh, and that's that's kind of the mindset of Russia, I guess. You know, uh, you know they they want Ukraine. You know, nations. You know, nations like Russia and China they constantly want to expand their scope of influence. And you know, if they if the, if they control Ukraine, then they that scope of influence goes further, even beyond the borders of Ukraine in the other direction. You know, even further beyond their borders into into Europe. And so, um, uh, it's interesting because they, uh, I think the, the Black Sea is a very important, uh, element to all this because, uh, the, the Black Sea, the Gulf of Azov, uh, or whatever, whatever it's called, the Sea of Azov, it, I think it's the only, uh, uh, warm water port that Russia has. It's like every other port they have isn't like freezing, <laughs> freezing ocean water. And so, I mean, it's, it's hard to, uh, set your Navy to see in anywhere else other than warm water ports. And so, uh, that's kind of important to Russia strategically. Um, but the, it, the issue is, is that Russia is sitting there is like, Hey, you know, NATO is sending all these troops. Hey, why are you stacking troops over there in all those NATO countries? What are you guys up to? Shut up, Russia. You got a hundred thousand troops on the border of Ukraine. What do you expect us to do? You know? Jeez, Louise. And they're like, what you, we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take it to the UN. We're going to take it to NATO. And the fact that, <coughs> excuse me, the fact that Russia doesn't want Ukraine to be a part of NATO, I think says everything. It's just like um, uh, China. If you ask them a question about Taiwan or uh, uh, what's a, what's a uh, Tibet, you know, you ask them about Tibet and it's like, oh, I didn't understand. You're going to have to go on to the next question or they'll just disconnect with you. You know, because that's what we've seen from China, because China doesn't want to recognize Taiwan. They think it's theirs by right. They don't want to recognize Tibet. They think it's theirs by right. All right. And same thing with Russia. Russia thinks that Ukraine is theirs by right. I think that they're all wrong. They're all wrong. And the issue is, is that Russia and China, they they do not like the fact that uh, American freedom has cre has creeped in to places like Hong Kong. The concepts of American freedom, anyway, have crept into places like Hong Kong, T Taiwan, and the Ukraine, and that's what they're mad about. So we don't want people thinking there's freedom. There is no such thing as freedom. There's only the government. Anyway, so that could be a mess. A lot of people on Earth could be dying soon, and it won't be from some disease anyway let's talk about this next story uh michael rapaport films alleged shoplifter in new york city quote it's pathetic i watched a, a, a video tim pool did about this story earlier and he kept saying michael rapaport it's like dude you watch way too much stephen colbert way too much if you think his name is rapaport you're wrong it's rapaport they even misspelled his name in this article there's two p's the first Rappaport, I think. Michael Rappaport, the actor, posted a video on Tuesday that he said showed a brazen shoplifter casually walking out of a New York City Rite Aid after filling up a few bags. All right, that's one sentence, and I have a question. 
What's Michael Rappaport doing in Rite Aid? Oh, he's Michael Rappaport. He's like C-lister. Okay. All right. C-listers. Yeah. C-listers still have to go to Rite Aid on their own. <laughs> All right. Quote, I can't believe I'm seeing this shit. Rappaport could be heard saying on a second video uploaded to TikTok. The video appeared to show the suspect walking right past a security officer who made no gesture to stop the individual. Just here to click a check, man. Uh, quote, this effing guy just filled his two bags up with everything in Rite Aid. Come on. You can't fit everything in Rite Aid. Two bags. Filled up two bags with everything in Rite Aid here, right here on 80th Street and 1st Avenue and is walking down the street like shit is Gucci. Looking, looking at me in my face like what's good. I was watching him the whole time. So what you're saying is that the shoplifter didn't recognize him as Michael Rappaport. <laughs> uh, my man just went Christmas shopping in January. He had the condoms, the shampoo, Rappaport continued. Now the important stuff, I guess. The comedian, no, comedian? Michael Rappaport, comedian? Okay, the, we'll go with it. The comedian noted in the Instagram video's caption that the Rite Aid will be closing its door soon because of such deaths. The NYPD and Rite Aid do not immediately respond to after-hours email did not immediately respond to after-hours emails from Fox News. Quote, you see all these videos on Instagram of people shoplifting like they're going for a walk in the park. It's pathetic that this is happening in the greatest city of the world, Rappaport said in the Instagram video. The Rite Aid in the video, located at 81st Street and 1st Avenue, is scheduled to close on February 15th in 63 other locations the company announced last month, Daily Mail reported. Rappaport blamed ex-mayor Bill de Blasio for what critics called the city's soft on crime enforcement. The city's soft hyphen on dash crime enforcement. But isn't Michael Rappaport like a crazy leftist? Doesn't he understand is like, you know, supporting these people is what has led to this? Doesn't he understand that? New York is no longer the greatest city in the world. When that when that kind of stuff is happening, you can't claim that this is the, this is the greatest city in the world. God just walked straight out of Rite Aid with with stolen property. Greatest city in the world. Anyway, uh, let's stay in New York for this next story. New York City hospital shooting suspect arrested after he wrote his name in the sign-in book. The gunman caught on video opening fire inside the, the emergency room of a New York City hospital has been taken into custody after police discovered he wrote his name in the facility's sign-in book, reports say. Keber Martinez, 25 of the Bronx, now faces attempted murder, reckless endangerment, and criminal possession of a firearm. Uh, these charges stemming from the shooting that unfolded on Tuesday at Jacoby Medical Center, according to the New York City Police Department. Or New York Police Department, yeah. Uh, police told Fox 5 New York that Martinez wrote his name in the Bronx Hospital sign-in book, making it easier for investigators to track him down. He was arrested late last night. <clears throat> uh, in a statement, the NYPD uh, said they responded to, to the hospital midday Tuesday after receiving a 911 call about a person being shot inside there. Upon arrival, police discovered a 35-year-old male with a gunshot wound to the arm. The statement read, the victim was immediately treated by medical personnel on location. Well, if you're going to be shot, the best place to be shot is in a hospital, I suppose. Uh, police say Mart Martinez got into a verbal dispute with the victim before discharging several rounds. The victim, who has not been identified, is expected to survive. He and Martinez also are believed to have known each other, according to ABC7. The entire incident was captured on hospital surveillance cameras, showing calm 
in the waiting room before the gunfire erupted. Quote, this is a cowardly act in a space where New Yorkers come for healing and care. Our healthcare heroes swiftly took care of the shooting victim and took actions to protect the other uh, patients in the waiting room. The hospital said in a statement after the shooting, quote, our immediate focus is on caring for the patient, ensuring the safety of our staff. We are working closely with the NYPD as they conduct their investigation. Uh, Martinez is familiar to police as he has six prior arrests, the most recent being in May 2020 for charges of assault, drugs, grand larceny, and criminal possession of a weapon, ABC7 reported. Quote, today's shooting is a sad reminder that we need to address the devastating problem of gun violence in our communities, Bronx Borough President Vanessa Gibson tweeted. Quote, my residents and families of the hashtag Bronx deserve to be safe just as anyone else. It's unacceptable that children are shot in car seats with their parents and patients shot in, in waiting in emergency rooms. This is madness. Out of control. We are in a state of emergency, she added. All right. Uh, dear Vanessa Gibson, it's not the issue of gun violence. It's the issue of constantly letting criminals go. You catch them, you let them go. Why? Because, oh, well, it's... He was a minority, and you know every 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 person in in America's racist, and you know he only had to commit the crime because of racism. Like I said with Michael Rappaport, it's like you know these liberal policies is what has led to this. You know, New York is a beautiful city. I've been there. I've been there a couple times. It is a beautiful city, or it was in the '90s when I was last there. Actually, it's 2000. 2000 when I was last there. All right. And it, if you don't take care of something that's beautiful, you know, it's going to lapse into a nightmare like it was in the 70s. All right. If you get a time machine, if you ever, ever get a time machine, go to Times Square 1974. See if you come back. You'll get jacked for your time machine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was bad in New York. Then Giuliani came around, cleaned it up, and now it's gone to hell again. And that's not just New York. That's pretty much every metro major metropolitan area in the United States. Crime's getting out of control because a bunch of liberals are getting, have been getting voted in because, oh, we want to be nice and understanding and kumbaya and all that. You know, just like Russia and China. You can't deal with these violent assholes you know, with a bunch of, with a, you know, drum circle or something. Anyway, let's go on to the next story. Uh, something closer to home. Maryland County School CEO suggests students will be required to wear masks until COVID no longer exists. The leader of a Maryland County School District indicated that students will be required to wear masks on school grounds and in classrooms until COVID no longer exists. That's in quotes. <clears throat> uh, quote, I have not been thinking about, the ma about a maskless classroom, Prince George's County Public Schools CEO Monica Goldson said in the Capitol Heights WTOP reported. The only classroom I've been thinking about is the one where uh, teaching and learning takes place from the time kids walk in until the time they leave. The only off-ramp I want is one where COVID no longer exists, Goldson said. I don't think that that off-ramp will exist. Oh, my God. So you understand what you're saying. I don't think that that off-ramp will exist. 
I think this is how our life will be, and we're showing that we're adaptable and we can make whatever necessary changes so that we can keep our students learning and safe. Students in the county returned to the classroom for the first time this year on January 18th. The school district abruptly decided in December to return to virtual learning for the first two weeks of January due to the Omicron variant. Goldson made her position on masks clear, despite acknowledging successes in the school district's testing initiative and increasing vaccination rates among students. Parents for the county, some uh, 110,000 students enrolled in in-person classes will be required to upload test results for their children every Sunday until, until at least the end of February. Last week was the first time that students were sent home with antigen rapid tests over the weekend with instructions for the parents to administer the test Sunday before sending the kids back to school Monday morning. Dear God Almighty. Quote, today was the first day where students and parents were back in school after utilizing their tests, Goldson said Monday. We have over 85,000 tests uploaded into our database and just a few students who tested positive. So as far as I'm concerned, that's positive. Because I never want those sick kids around other students to continue to infect them. According to the country, uh, county health department, about 30% of students ages 5 to 9 and about two-thirds of students aged 10, 10 and older have received at least one round of the vaccine. More than 94% of the county population aged 12 and older have received at least one vaccination shot. Quote, we remain, we remain hopeful for a time when COVID-19 is no longer an issue and does not Im impact our day-to-day -day operations. However, based upon recent updates from health professionals, including Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci, we may never reach a point where there are no uh, coronavirus cases. A spokeswoman for Prince George's County Public Schools said in a statement to Fox News Digital on Wednesday. Uh, Prince George, this is a quote, P Prince George's County Public School will continue to make health and safety decisions, including the wearing of masks in collaboration with our county health partners and after review of CDC guidance, she continued. For now, the data tells us to continue that continued mask wearing in our schools and offices is necessary. Our mask requirement will, will remain in place. Prince George's County Executive, uh, County Executive Angela Alsobrooks also told, wow, also, also supports keeping the mask mandate for now. Quote, the masks have been our best way of keeping us all safe. <laughs> oh, my God. <coughs> and until and unless we hear otherwise from our health professionals, we're going to continue to stay the course. Also, Brooks said on Monday. We'll see what the science says and we'll follow it. And if the science says at some point it is safe for us to remove the mask, then we'll do that. But otherwise, we're in no hurry to do anything that jeopardizes the health of our students. Challenges to st uh, student mask mandates are gaining fervor around the country. In New York, a Long Island judge recently ruled against the statewide mask mandate Demo uh, Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul attempted to bring back in December amid a surge in Omicron cases. But New York City Mayor Eric Adams quickly said the mask would still uh, would still in required, be required in public schools in the Big Apple. By Wednesday, an appellate judge uh, granted a stay in the state's lawsuit, meaning schools uh, must still enforce the mask mandate during the appeals process. In Virginia, Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin, issuing an executive order on the same day he was inaugurated on January 15th, banned school mask mandates and made mask wearing optional in classrooms in his push to, for increased parental rights. The same day the order went into, uh, into effect Monday, uh, school, board, school boards in seven counties filed a lawsuit pushing back against the order. 
So if you don't know about that in uh, Virginia, Glenn Young had said, no more of this mass mandates on kids. It's ridiculous. They need to breathe. They need to see faces so they can understand how to emote and interact with human beings. All right. And that's the point. It's like, you can't, yes, we're going to wear masks forever. That's what you're saying. And that's what they really are saying, that they have literally said that. They say, this is the new normal. Wearing masks everywhere all the time is the new normal. No. No. If you're over there in Prince George's County, just cross the line into Virginia. That's all you got to do. Cross the line into Virginia and you'll be fine. You can live normally. All right? These people are insane. You're going to wear a mask for all of time because of this? You know, viruses like the... uh, like this COVID, they they constantly mutate and evolve, just like all life evolves. All right? And if you have a virus that kills everyone that gets it, there's no chance of replication. That's not good for the virus. So viruses over time get milder and milder and more infectious. And eventually, it's just like the everyday flu. That's how the flu came to be in the first place. These people are friggin' idiots. Anyway, let's get into those last two news stories. Cheer myself up with some craziness. <laughs> Gonna get a little mad. All right. Now listen to this one. Alabama man accused of feeding meth to a tax squirrel faces new charges. Okay. Uh, the Alabama man who was denied who has denied allegations that he fed meth to an attack squirrel at his home will reportedly face additional charges delaying his trial. Uh, Mickey Joel Polk, 39, was scheduled to appear in court next week to face charges of possession of a wild animal, stolen property, and possession of a weapon by a felon after his initial arrest in June of 2019, AL.com reported. The bizarre case started in 2019 when deputies raided his Athens home and said they found meth, ammunition, and body armor. A paper reported that they also claimed to have found a squirrel, found the squirrel, and released it into the wild. Limestone County deputies said that they were told that Polk fed the animal meth, but said there is no safe way to test the animal. Give it a drug test of squirrel. Anyway, um, Polk was not home during the raid. Ronnie Reynolds, who was allegedly inside the home at the time, was arrested and charged with possession of a controlled substance, possession of of drug paraphernalia, and loitering at a known drug house, WBRC. So it's okay to visit one, just don't hang around too long. Loitering at a known drug house, WBRC reported. Uh, Polk was arrested following a manhunt. He will now appear in court on February 28th, court documents show. Polk is being uh, booked into the Lauderdale County Jail where he has additional charges of uh, attempting to elude criminal mischief and felony possession of a pistol. He had a 45 in his waistband. Polk was arrested in December stemming from another drug offense, AL.com reported. Polk has denied feeding meth to the squirrel named D's Nuts, according to reports. You should have led with the the name of the squirrel. So, look, here's the thing about uh, a squirrel, Um, squirrels in general. They kind of act like they're on meth anyway, you know? So when when they say there's no way we just let them out in the wild, there's no way we could test them anyway, it kind of sounds like that cop that got, he's chasing down some perp and he's just, uh, you know, 
a healthier person than the cop is, and the, he outruns the cop, and the cop's like, oh, <sighs> I chased him as fast as I could, and he got away from me. He must have been on PCP. That's the only way he could have outrun me, a police officer, <laughs> an out-of-shape police officer. <laughs> so, I mean, there's no way to confirm you know, that, uh, you know, he fed meth to a squirrel. I mean, why would you waste the meth? I mean, people who, um, people who do meth tend not to want to share it. <laughs> I don't know if you any, know anything about people who use drugs, but they tend not to be very generous with it. Oh, a free heroin. Yeah. We'll give it out. Yeah. This is your fifth time coming back for free heroin. We'll give it away. Free meth. That's the whole reason I make the meth is just to give it away. Let's come on. Let's watch a couple of episodes of Breaking Bad. <laughs> Why would you feed that to a squirrel? Anyway, and you know, if you get if the squirrel gets meth mouth, <laughs> how is he going to survive? That's what I need to know. You can't eat nuts if you have meth mouth. <laughs> All right, one last story, and then we'll be out of here for the week. All right, so nearly two dozen. U.S. citizens and legal residents escape Afghanistan with the help of U.S. veterans and civilians. Nearly two dozen U.S. citizens and legal U.S. residents met at a safe house in Kabul on Thursday evening to prepare for their long-awaited escape from Afghanistan. Almost five months after the Pentagon announced that the last evacuation flight was off the ground in Kabul. About 48 hours after the meeting at the safe house, the group of 12 adults and 11 children landed safely at New York City's John F. Kennedy Interna International Airport following stops in the United Arab Emirates and Italy. I don't know how much safer you are in New York City versus Afghanistan, but there is a difference. It, it is a little bit safer. I know I've said a lot of horrible things about New York earlier, but you know it is a little bit safer in New York than it is in Afghanistan. Anyway, the rescue was organized by Project Dynamo, a group of civilians and veterans who have dedicated themselves to helping U.S. citizens, allies, and legal residents flee the war-torn country. Quote, to rescue an American, you can't put a value on it. Brian Stern, a combat veteran and Purple Heart recipient who co-founded the Project Dynamo in late August, told Fox News Digital, you just can't. The group, which is funded by donations, has rescued 189 U.S. citizens and legal residents since the Biden administration's deadline for evacuations passed on August 31st. They helped evacuate more than 2,000 people in mid to late August before that window lapsed. There are four Americans and 19 legal residents among last week's group, said uh, Ann Stern, said there is no end in sight. More and more trickle up every day, Stern said. I was a 9-11 first responder in the Army. I was in Afghanistan when Bill bin Laden was killed, and 20 years later, I'm still dealing with this problem. One of the evacuees was Nasser Majra, who was working in a private, as a private sector advisor at Camp Barron before the Taliban took over. Quote, we were able to make plans with the U.S. State Department, but we were able, unable to get, our, uh, get, our, get to our gate because so many people were trying to leave. Excuse me, Majra said through Project Dynamo. Quote, the Taliban were hitting us, shooting us, shooting into the air. My son's arm was broken by the Taliban while I was presenting his U.S. passport, so he had to wait until he healed before we could leave Afghanistan. A State Department spokes spokesperson told Fox News Digital that they have uh, assisted 479 U.S. citizens and 450 legal residents in leaving Afghanistan six, since, October, since August 31st. Quote, we are working with a few dozen U.S. citizens and their families who have indicated that they are prepared to depart Afghanistan and have necessary travel documents to do so, the spokesperson added. 
In addition to those prepared to those prepared to depart, we're in touch with approximately 150 other U.S. citizens who do not want to leave at this time or are not currently ready to depart. President Biden has stood by his much criticized decision to pull all U.S. troops out of Afghanistan last summer, including uh, leading to the swift Taliban takeover. Quote, there is no way to get out of Afghanistan after 20 years easily, Biden said last week. Not possible, no matter what, no matter when you did it. And I make no apologies for what I did. What a douche, Biden. These guys are great, obviously. And I, I think it shows something about people who, who have served in the military is that they, apart from wanting to serve their fellow Americans, they also want to serve the world in many ways. Uh, and defend the weak, you know, protect, protect the bullied, the downtrodden. And that's who they are as people, generally. That's why they get into that business. If you if you join the military and you're like, uh, you know, I don't understand, you know, like, oh, I'm just doing it for the kicks. I'm just doing it for the college money. It's like, no, if you're if you're getting shot at, you know. If you're in life and death situations as being as a member of the military, you really have to believe in what you're doing. You know, there's a, this this concept is like, oh, the U.S. military is just it's just about getting oil, getting cheap oil. It's like no, tons of there's tons of people who join the military don't want to spill their blood simply for oil. They want to spill their blood because they think they're helping people. You know, they think they're liberating you know liberating uh, uh, the meek. Doing God's work, as they say. And that's what these people are doing. This is what Project Dynamo is doing. You know, they are doing what the U.S. government should have done. And that is make sure all of our American friends and city, uh, citizens and allies and all of them get out safely. And you do it securely with the strength of the U.S. military to bring to bear against the Taliban until we get all our people out. But no... Biden said, I want out. I want out now. I don't care about any timelines. I don't care about, like, if anybody gets killed. And people got killed. But the truth of the matter is that real Americans, people who aren't Joe Biden, real Americans want to do the right thing for the right reasons. All right? And that's what we do here at FXBG Public Radio. That's what those people do at Project Dynamo. That's how we want to live our lives as moral, not necessarily superheroes, but heroes. Heroes. And that's what these people are. And those assholes in Washington, they are nothing close to what these ex-military people are doing in Afghanistan. Nothing close. They have no idea what it's like to sacrifice for the nation, to sacrifice for, for our beloved country, to sacrifice for your fellow man. They don't understand that. They're just lining their pockets. Lining their pockets. Changing their stocks every time some new law gets a vote up. It's like, this bill's going to go through. Okay, th now we need to buy th these stocks. Anyway, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a pissy mood today. <laughs> anyway, this is going to be the end of the show. I want to remind you again to go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. I would appreciate that. I also have a cash app. Use the cash tag shockmonkeyradio. All one word. You can send me money that way. You can email me at madman at fxbgpr.com if you want to have a chit-chat. Well, I won't talk back to you. Well, maybe I will. I don't know. Depends on how interesting your email is. <laughs> so uh, email me at madman at fxbgpr.com. Uh, also, if you're interested in reading, some people like to read books. And I understand the, these things called Kindles now. 
and smartphones where you can read books on your phone, read books on your Kindle. And if you're interested in my books, you can search for the author on Amazon. Search for the author Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's. I got the Exit 13 books, three Exit 13 books. Read the description so you know which one's first, second, and third. I also have the Ravings of a Madman book, and I have the Bunny Years, a memoir, which is about a retired superhero, written by a retired superhero <laughs> called Jackrabbit. Anyway, check that out. I'll, I'll, I would appreciate it. Please like, share, and subscribe my videos. I would appreciate that as well. If you can't you know, afford any financial donations, I would appreciate you just promoting me on social media, telling your friends about my show. I would appreciate that at the very minimum. So, yeah, this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, the Madman, and I love you. <laughs>